just off the cuff, man. That's how this goes. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Skates to Throat. I am your host with the most, Dakota Lashock. I am joined, as always, by the two-time Olympic gold medalist and fragrance entrepreneur, Chris Patton. That's true. I uh, have a gold medal in podcasting. Yes. Um, I've, I've done a lot of them. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm qualified for this job to talk about my team. Excellent, um, excellent, and, excellent. And, uh, and other teams around the league. Dakota, so how, you, how, how, so how are you, how are you feeling? I need to ask you. Why don't you tell us about the doping scandal? Okay. We, we need to know it's a big thing. You were disqualified from the 1985 Calgary Olympics. <laughs> uh, I am... Uh, I'm I'm no longer allowed to be part of the Olympics for <laughs> the insane amount of cocaine yes. <laughs> that I put into my system to stay yes. up to make sure that everyone got their 1985 Olympic podcast, um, Gold which I had really to take back. It, yeah, really brought it home for the uh, for the U.S. There. All right, yeah, so yeah. we are here. It's been a couple of weeks, man. <sighs> well. Well, yeah, we had the one in between, and technically yeah. this is midweek, so you know I, yeah, I'm actually sure. getting over a little bit of a, a cold, and uh, I had a movie shoot yesterday, which yeah, uh, should be coming out. Hollywood over here, <laughs> Hollywood. You know. I don't know if I'd call it Hollywood. It's more like fill in, hold a boom mic for eight hours, um, and not be able. Pornos where the boom boom mic guy gets in on it. Yeah, I, I got called a fluffer yesterday, so that's good. <laughs> yes. Chris Patton, the fluffer. You are now yeah. the fluff. I'm the fluff. He is the fluff now. All <sighs> right. So I'm going to start it with probably, well, for me at least, the big news of the the week. Uh, the Flyers have lost probably one of their best scores. He's He was tied with Travis Konechny for amount of goals scored this year. Oscar Lindblom was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, which is a rare form of bone cancer. Uh, but it is curable. There is a high cure rate, and I was doing a little research on it. Um, you know, it, it's it sucks. Sucks really bad because the kid's 23 years old, and I say that because I'm 26 years old, so he's a kid. <laughs> um, but obviously huge blow to the Flyers, and they kind of went on a little bit of a slide, as one can expect when something like that happens. Um, but they got it back. They beat Anaheim pretty, uh, pretty freaking good last night. So, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this, bud? Yeah, it's very unfortunate. It, it reminds me a little bit of the situation with um, uh, the, the Devils had last year. Gosh, why can I not think of his name? He plays they've for Tampa. Couple, no, yeah, they've had a couple of times like that. I remember he was, uh, gosh, Boyle? Was it Brian Boyle? Yeah, Brian, Brian Boyle. Yeah, um, Brian Boyle. Where the team kind of wrapped around him, and he was able to come back and play in the season, and it was – I don't want to say a feel. It's never a feel good thing when someone gets cancer, but all of the interviews with him and his kid after he was able to come back and fight through that. Hopefully, the Flyers will have the same situation here with this young guy. And, uh, I thought it was really, really great that they dedicated their their win, their four one victory, to their cancer stricken teammate, as the uh, Yahoo article here says here. Um, but another thing that was really cool is uh, his former Swedish hockey league team. Uh, wore like a slogan on their helmets that basically said, we fight for you. Uh, just really good to see this league going all in together and, and kind of fighting against cancer. As we've seen with the signs throughout, uh, you know, ho- hockey fights cancer the past month or so. 
Yeah, well, it's not and, just uh, it's not just like the Flyers, and it's like the whole NHL seems to have come out and they're rallying behind him, and that's you know it's this this is the type of shit you love in hockey, you know. Um, yeah, and it's been great in the ECHL too. I've been to a, a couple of Gladiators games, and they've done a lot of hockey, you know, fights cancer stuff as well. Uh, they do the pink ice uh, for breast cancer a little later on in the year so it's it's just great to see this stuff in hockey and i like the opening puck drops they've been doing i think we talked about that on the last uh podcast yeah uh, it it's good i think i think this is it's something that all fans in the building regardless of what team uh you're cheering for at the time can relate to because unfortunately almost everyone in the world can relate to someone they know or a family member having some form of cancer and it, it's, yeah. it always sucks. But I, I think it was really cool how uh, the Flyers, as bad as I hate them, and the Flyers fans, as much as I hate them, were able to rally around their teammate and uh, say some really, really nice things. Uh, Carter Hart, I think he came out and said it's something to play for, someone to play for, and we're alongside of them in this fight every step of the way. Which I thought yeah, was a quote. for sure. And I'm going to, on I, I think here going forward, at least until uh, – until he beats this and come back, I'm going to keep that hashtag Oscar Strong going because that's probably one of the coolest things. Uh, speaking of, the Flyers are still second place in the wild card spot. They slid down from third place in the Met to second place in the wild card standing, which is not terrible. I, I mean, again, they're 41 points, and the closest one is Toronto with 38. So, I mean, not in any immediate threat, but this is something that they can, they can, they can rally and keep it going because they've been playing outstanding hockey this season. Yeah, they have. I mean, it's it's. We'll get into the standings a little bit later, but it's just a tough sled to climb or a tough mountain to climb uh, in is. the metro right now because there's, I would say, four or five really good teams. Um, yeah, and, and there's and, one and, untouchably good team, and that's Washington. <laughs> Washington. Uh, Tom Wilson with his beautiful face just out there gooning, gooning all the other teams, making sure their team wins. Yes. Um, and Ovechkin, the untouchable, he uh, Russian machine never breaks. Is, uh, it never does. He's lighting it up this year. Uh, yeah. they, they've just looked brilliant. And and like I said, we'll get into standings a little bit later. But I, I wouldn't have any fear. I think the Flyers are going to make, without barring any kind of catastrophic injury to one of their goaltenders or Claude. Or, um, and you're going to get Konechny back, which will be great. Uh, barring anything crazy happening, I think that they're going to They'll at least be a wild card, but I could easily yeah. see them finishing in second if the Islanders take a slide. Um, but they've continued to look good as well. So it's just the Metro in itself, to me right now, is probably the toughest division in hockey. I would say uh, so. I mean, just point-wise, the Metro is stacked. I mean, unless you're in your New Jersey, in which case, you know, really not. <laughs> which, yeah, speaking it's... of, let us let us segue into... Another huge story this week. Your uh, your boy Taylor Hall is now playing with our uh, our our Lord and Savior in this cult of Kessel, Phil the Thrill. Taylor Hall was traded to the Arizona Coyotes. What are your yeah. uh, what are your thoughts, bud? So the trade itself, I'm not too disappointed in. I think that it's really hard to get more than what they've got what they got for a rental. And uh, let's not kid ourselves. He is a rental. I don't know that he's yeah. going to sign. The only way I could see him re-signing in Arizona is if they actually win the cup. Which is uh, it's possible. They are number one in the Pacific Pacific Division right now. I mean, let's this is nothing to this is nothing to shake at. They're a good team, and I can see them hitting the playoffs at least, and possibly going deep. I mean, 
This is a team that has come together from obscurity last season to being just outstanding. Yeah, and, and I mean, the Devils ended up having to eat part of Hall's contract to even get this done because there's so many teams that are up against the cap, and Taylor Hall has not been performing at Taylor Hall MVP level. He's also coming off an injury season last year. And he's playing uh, for the Devils. So, so just getting anything that you can get for him, uh, including a first-round pick, which I think is probably the thing I'm most excited about. Not that I think the Arizona Coyotes are going to fall out, but as you've seen, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the later round. Yeah. Uh, you could, I mean, for God's sake, Pavel Dadsuk was what a third round pick. So you never know what's going to happen. So those extra picks uh, kind of make up for it. But basically, the the whole the, the Taylor Hall deal itself was Taylor Hall, Blake Spears were sent to the Arizona Coyotes for in exchange for Arizona's first round pick in two, uh, 2020, which I think is it's it has a protection for a lotto pick. But I I don't think Arizona is going to be bad enough to fall into the lotto at this point. Um, you know, barring a, a natural disaster that takes out half their team or something, I, I feel like they're a shoe in probably for the wild card in the West, at the oh, very yeah. least, if not winning their division. Oh, yeah. uh, and the Devils receive back, uh, you know, that the 2020 first round pick, a uh, Arizona's third round selection, conditional in 2021, as well as prospects and Kevin Ball, uh, Nick Merkley, and Nate Schnarr, who I have no idea, I haven't researched him at all the biggest name here is kevin ball is the former former first round pick and uh i guess the thing he's got going for him most is he's what six foot seven 230 pounds defenseman for the ottawa 67s yes um, we needed others that they know chara like tall badass dude so he's known as being a defensive defenseman he's not going to be a goal scorer at all he's got a, he's he's apparently really good with his stick um i watched some highlights of him last last night and and as this trade has been going down, um, the Devils need someone like this, uh, you know, a hard hitting stay at home defenseman. Andy Green's not going to be there forever. He's kind of fallen off this season. I can't really blame him, though. The team's collapsed around the poor guy. He was what I, I sent you that thing. I guess it was back in November. He was plus eight. So it's hard to blame that all on him. But they don't really have any other player like that. That then is more of an offensive presence. And same with P.K. Subban. Uh, Severson's a little bit of the same way. He's more of a two-way defenseman, but uh, he's not as strong in the defensive zone as he should be. Devils have some other prospects down in the minors, but this is one of the. This is what was holding up the trade to begin with. Is they really didn't want to give this prospect to the Devils, and I guess Shiro found a way to get it done. Um, tossing in Blake Spears, who has underperformed for the Devils for a while, um, probably will just end up being an AHL player for Arizona. But overall, I'm not. I know everyone is saying the Devils have lost this trade. Uh, I just don't understand what else you think you can get for Taylor Hall when he scored six goals and has 10 assists or whatever going into. Mid, I would say is. like mid-season almost. We're getting close to at least. Um, yeah, it's – I mean, and who knows? Maybe he'll go to – he'll play with Arizona and he'll just – lights out maybe it's just he needed a change of scenery or something maybe it just wasn't working with the devils um which is fair because it doesn't seem like a lot of things have been working with the devils this season and i don't mean that in like a like a ribbing kind of way i mean legitimately they're just not a good looking team this season well i mean even going back to the summer when we first started this show the big thing i said had to get done shiro made all these moves he had to get taylor hall locked up Unfortunately, yeah. Taylor Hall has the same agent as Mitch Marner. He's going to hold this thing out as long as he can to get Taylor Hall the most amount of money that he can. Oh, watch. Um, 
I do think that this is probably going to burn Taylor Hall a little bit just because of his stats and the fact that he was injured all of last year, unless he just goes to Arizona and lights it up completely, uh, which we'll see. I mean, who knows? That's a much better team than what the Devils are, but the Devils should have been plenty good this year uh, and weren't for multiple reasons. I think one of the reasons is they started off kind of slow and there's just this looming Taylor Hall contract over their head, which was a big worry of mine, like get some wins, get this contract done, move past it. They weren't able to do that. And in retrospect, you could say, well, you could have just traded him at the draft or traded him before the season starts. And it's like, yeah, you don't really see big players get moved like that. Um, no, you tend to see this stuff more more close to the uh, to the trade deadline, which I am anxiously waiting because I don't I think uh, like I, I'm with you on the uh, Simmons thing. I don't think Simmons is going to be a. Uh, I don't think Simmons is going to stick around past the draft, uh, the draft deadline, which begs the question, where is he going to go? Which, I mean, Simmons is a great player. I've watched him for many years playing for the Flyers. He's a good player. He's a gritty player. He, uh, you know, he knows how to kick ass. Uh, so I could see him. Gosh, uh, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to think about it, but uh, I would say like maybe Pittsburgh, maybe, Pittsburgh. maybe. It's good. Yeah, I would. I could see Simmons being a decent fit in Pittsburgh. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe as a backup uh, to Washington. Um, you know, it, it remains to be seen. You never know what's going to happen with the trade deadline. There's owners making moves months in advance. Yeah, I mean, his stats have been kind of rough this year. He had a little bit of a scoring streak there, but he's a, he's a four goals, eight assists for a total of twelve points. He's minus eleven. He has uh, thirty penalty minutes. All of his goals have came on or. All except for one of his goals have came on a power play, if I'm not mistaken. And they were right in front of the net, which is where you expect him to score. Yeah. And his shooting percentage is a 5.7. So I think that it would be a really low trade. Um, so if someone's looking to pick him up at the deadline, I would assume that the Devils are going to shop him. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and much like they're going to shop him, I think they're going to shop probably one of the only bright things that the Devils have had going for them. Uh, this season, which is Kyle Palmieri, who, as of right now, I believe leads the team in scoring. Yeah, and I think in your notes you sent me, you're thinking, you're thinking Bruins, which is it's a solid pickup. It would be a solid pickup. I mean, that'd be a good. Uh, he'd he'd strengthen up the back end, and I think that'd be a good move for them. But uh, um, where you where are you thinking otherwise? Other than the Bruins, where do you think uh, Palmieri would head? Paul Mary is the one player on the Devils you could see going multiple places. The big thing is the cap and what the Devils are going to want in return for him. Um, because I think he's still under contract next year, so it's not the same situation where you have to re-sign him. So it, it's probably going to cost a little bit more. Right now he's got 12 goals, 8 assists, uh, 20 points overall, and he's a plus 3. So on a, on a Devils team that's been pretty bad, he's kind of been one of the, the one highlights. Thing, yeah, one thing worth looking at. Uh, the one thing the Bruins need that we've talked about is another form of scoring. Uh, as ridiculous as Brad Marchand and uh, Pasternak, or as you call him, the pasta. No oh, pasta uh, for this technical ass mitts. That's been their <laughs> that's been their root scoring crazy guy. I think has kind of took took a took a little bit of a step back this season. I wouldn't say a huge one. Patrice Bergeron's been injured most of the year. He's finally back, but they've had some uh, troubles with him coming back in the lineup. Uh, the other rumor for the Bruins is Tyler Toffoli. 
I think the cost is the same for either him or Paul Mary and the Devils and the Bruins have had some trades in the past. So I think that, you know, it's going to end up being one of those two players for the Bruins for Paul Mary. I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, right now where, where Toronto is in the season, they don't seem like a likely candidate. No. Um, you could say Edmonton, maybe depending on what you're going to get back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could see that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to take one of those teams that really needs some other goal scoring. I mean, Ed, to me, Edmonton stands out because outside of Drysaddle and McDavid, they have a similar situation of the the Bruins. There's not a lot of goal scoring happening, no. and if those guys don't overperform, yeah, um, they're not going to. It seems like that. Yeah, that team slides a bit. Well, speaking of the Bruins, I saw yesterday in an article. Now, granted, this is coming from Reddit, which. Is really hit and miss, but uh, apparently old uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, who, by the way, was placed on waivers by the L.A. Kings, which makes sense. The guy's not doing dick all this season. Maybe he's just tired of playing for the Kings. I, I don't I don't know. The, the Kings have three players who are taking up $11 million in cap space, those players being uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, Dion Phaneuth, and Brad Richards. Now, Brad Richards, obviously I know of because he's an ex-Flyer, uh, had some good seasons, was a great player for the Flyers. He was, I, fuck, I think he was captain for a while, too. Um, I could, and barring all the bullshit that happened in 2015, because I think they were saying he breached some part of his contract with just, it, it was a whole thing, and I didn't agree with a lot of it, but they, you know, he played for the Washington Capitals since and hasn't really done anything else since then but that being said maybe the flyers could pick him up maybe they could i mean fuck he's played for them before he's played good i mean i could see him at least shoring up the third or fourth line um which is which is an area we probably need help in um uh going back to Ilya kovalchuk Ilya kovalchuk is apparently willing to take less than what people initially thought and the Bruins have expressed some interest in picking up Mr. Kovalchuk. Yeah. The way that they dropped him, they could, they, you know, they don't, we're not doing any more league or buyouts. Uh, so the way that he was dropped was actually dropped through waivers. So from most of the articles I've seen, he's looking for league minimum. Um, that's very interesting because now you're talking about, you take a chance on a guy for the very, the, the league minimum. He's someone you could pick up. Maybe he decides he's going to show up and play really hard. Um, yeah, which we've seen Ilya Kovalchuk play hard. I mean, Christ, the guy's been playing for a long time. I mean, we, I remember him from the Thrashers when they were still around. Um, you know, he, he he is a good player. Like, that's that's the hard thing to understand. It's like all these players that are just having rough seasons. It's like you've seen them play good, though. They have that potential in them, whether it's just they're not agreeing with the coaching style or – they're just not gelling with the line that they're on. You know, it could be a number of factors, but say Kovalchuk goes to the Bruins and he just, he plays good. What do you do then? Well, I mean, he, he had three goals and six assists in 17 games, but he was a negative 10. So on the defensive aspect, you're getting what you're going to get with Colby yeah. at this point. Um, I think that like his heart's just not in it. And like going to the KHL, I, I, I don't want to say he was facing lower competition, but it, it's almost like he played down to that skill level and then coming back to the NHL realized the speed of the game. Back is, on. Is, yeah. 
it's a it's such a different game i mean the only person i've ever seen really do that outside of you know the lockout year is yager you know yager left he came back was able to turn it on but it, it's also yarmir fucking yager he's, he's still he still time. wants to play he yeah. still wants to play at this point the devil should just sign him <laughs> please bring back yager <laughs> bring bring Yogs back. Uh, he's out there with weighted boots and a flak jacket and weights on his stick currently. You see that photo floating yes. around of him yes, training. Um, it's just gritty. He's a badass player. And I think that might be the difference between him and someone like a Kolvachuk. But I mean, Kolvachuk could still score in theory. Um, I don't think he's going to give you any defensive help at this point in his career. And no. it turns out, I mean, like he's scratched and he's just out there not caring for LA so they finally just released him so I don't know what soured there I don't know if they sold him on the fact that they were a Stanley Cup contender when he came back into the league which they clearly weren't I think they didn't even make the playoffs the year he came back and the Devils made the playoffs uh, which was strange I mean that was carried on the back of Taylor Hall <laughs> but you're I, I, I don't know what yeah. the contract itself that really sucks for the King a te- the Kings a team that's already yeah, they're just dog shit this problems. season. <laughs> well, I mean, they're in they're in salary cap hell. Yeah, that's uh, and it's hard, especially with three players taking up eleven million dollars worth of cap space. Yeah, it's, um, it's not, not a whole lot you can do. Um, as far as who you who was it that you were saying that you would like to see the Flyers pick up? Oh, Brad Richards, because again, <laughs> he played for them for a long time. That you know, fans still love him. Fuck, I think I still have a Brad Richards jersey somewhere. Um, this is a guy who, he was, a, he was a backbone of the team for a long time. I would like to say this was around when they were going into the playoffs, 2010, 2011. He was, I think he was a part of that team then, you know, he's a great goal scorer, good fit with the team. I'd love to see him come back and finish out his career in Philly. I would love to see him do, I mean, to me, I always saw him as a ranger more than anything else. Um, no, fuck the Rangers. I saw the, the last run I remember him in was playing third line for Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. And he looks pretty fucking rough. So I, yeah, it's, it's been rough, but like I said, I, I, maybe, maybe just bring it back to the flyers and he'll do good. I, my, I, I mean, you're all your team is going to be fine as soon as they get over this injury bug, which has been, uh, been pretty rough. That's been rough. There's a lot of injuries in the league right now, and it's it's affecting it. Uh, do you want to move on to? I know you see, you had a whole uh, you had a whole like six you had a whole Star Wars opening crawl worth of information on Evgeny Malkin's 400th goal. Do you want to move on to that? Sure, sure. I mean, the big thing was I was getting all like the actual game it was from because I didn't get an opportunity to watch this game. I did get to see the, the score itself, but uh, Penguins beat the Calgary Flames four to one. Getting Malkin, obviously, he registered his 400th career NHL goal. He also had an assist uh, in the win against. Um, the big thing here is since Crosby has been out, Malkin's obviously stepped up. It's played really, really, really well. Um, and it's just great to see Malkin hit number 400. I mean, that's it's not a lot of players that do that in the NHL. So I thought we'd just take some time to appreciate what Malkin's been able to do. And maybe I'll just pull up the stats real quick. Um, right now, he's got nine goals, 20 assists, and 29 points for this season. A total of 400 goals, 
631 assists and 1,031 points in his career. So hats off to Malk and congratulations on your 400th goal, bud. Uh, I really wish somehow you played for the Devils <laughs> at one point in your career. No, I don't think he'll ever leave the Penguins, man. That's but... He is he is as much a part of that Penguins team as Claude Giroux is a part of the Flyers. He really is, and it, when apparently he was the one that was on the trading block, and I think we talked about this in the summer. Yeah, in, this was the whole Phil like, Kessel thing. Yeah, and Sydney was like, "You're not getting rid of Malkin. Like he's me and Malkin, yeah. or you know Lemieux and Yager." Exactly. Can't, That's can't, fucking. You can't, can't split you can't. us up. No. Um, so it's, it's good to see him doing well. I think that team is going to be even better, obviously when Crosby comes back full, full bore. Um, and once again, the Metro just gets better, which is fucking terrifying for my team, which is now in a rebuild because we're fire selling probably Paul Mary Simmons. And I don't know if anyone's going to take a waiver on Subban, but I wouldn't be surprised if they also try to move Subban. Um, but yeah, good, good news all around for Malkin. And I'm excited to see the rest of the season for him. He is one of my favorite players in the league. I like I like his grittiness. And out of all the players on the Penguins, he's probably by far my favorite. Uh, you know what? I uh, <laughs> I made a mistake. I, I said Brad Richards. I keep thinking Brad Richardson. It's Mike Richards who is taking up the cap space. Mike Richards. Mike. Richards. Yeah, it was like. Yeah. <laughs> This, there's, this, it's the same thing with De Niro and Pacino, man. I get the two mixed up all the time. Uh, it's the same thing with Josh Duhamel and, uh, wow, Timothy Oliphant. I get the two mixed up all the time. So, yes, I am sorry. Yes, that that was my mistake. It is Brad Richardson who is on the chopping block for who, who needs to be moved out of L.A.'s cap space situation. So is Brad Richardson currently with L.A. or is he I've, stuck in Arizona? I think he's like, just yeah. I think he is currently on the Arizona Coyotes. I don't. N- oh man, hang on. I might have this all wrong. Because <laughs> I thought you said Richards, which is Brad yeah, Richards, and the last I, I remember him playing. Yeah, no, that, that was with Chicago. Sound. Yeah, he's currently um, with a. Yeah, he is currently. But yeah, he was with the LA Kings, and I think he is still taking up cap space on the LA Kings for some reason. I don't. I I don't know. This is this is weird. Okay, so we just got confused. What what I've found, so okay, so Brad Richards, I was right. He played for Chicago. He did have one season with Detroit, and he's pretty much just done. Yes. Um, and that was 2016, but he was a longtime Ranger. Uh, Brad Richardson, on the other hand, it looks like his last season with Arizona was with Arizona. So I think maybe the Coyotes would own that contract. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, it's Mike Richards. That's who it is. Fucking Richards. Richards, Richardson's. God damn it. Get <laughs> so it together. Let's, let's pull up his current <laughs> yes, situation. Richards, just so yeah. we can clarify for everyone. All right. Uh, redoing this. It is Mike Richards, who is currently <laughs> taking up space for the LA Kings. I'm looking at his stats right now. Yes. I think the so, Kings are the ones that own his contract, even though he is not currently playing. Okay. So, but, but Mike Richards hasn't played since 2016, though. <laughs> gonna pull up this thing <laughs> Give me two seconds i am so sorry people. This 70 is, uh, years ago <laughs> yes this is clearly i am i'm an absolute professional when it comes to this i uh, i take the most time to look up what i need to do 
hey man, everyone's going to know all about the Richards and the Richardsons. Yes. After. <laughs> this wouldn't be a problem if there weren't so many damn people in the NHL named Richards and Richardson. I mean, Mike Richards is the one that played for you guys from yes. 2005 to 2011. So during, I would say 2010, 2011 is the last really good Flyers teams, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, until this season, because again, they are really yeah, bright. I'm talking about in the past. Oh, um, that's fair. But as of right now, I that contract's probably just sitting there. I don't I don't know if if it still exists. I'd have to find when he resigned. Yeah. All right, we'll just go ahead and cancel that because I can't I can't even find the Reddit art, Reddit article that I had. Um, it was just typical, you know. This is this is great. This is why I don't lead podcasts. This is why I just kind of add my two cents. Hey man, you started it off with a lead. I, I had I had yes. your back though. I'm yes. here to to make sure that we're talking about the right Richards. Uh, and my thought, one played for the Flyers, so I hate him. One played for the Kings, so I hate him. And the other one played for the Rangers, so I hate him. So there, at least, you know, everyone knows how I feel about Richards and Richardsons. Yes. All right, so barring all that uh, Richards, Richardson fucking nonsense, uh, I saw an article, and this wasn't in your notes. This is something I'm adding myself. The, uh, the L.I. I-G-A, which I believe the, is that Swedish, maybe? Uh, the Liga? Liga Hockey, it, yes. Yeah, that is Swedish. They are making suspensions for hits to the head uh, more, they're making them heavy. Uh, it's a minimum of five games for each hit to the head. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts on that? So are they going to do what they're doing in the NHL, where they're going to video review it? Yeah. Uh, that's what I think. Suspensions may be up to 60 games or nine months. So they, they had that big one earlier in the year. I think that was in Sweden where the guy just headhunted it. Yeah. Uh, and that was absolutely nasty. So maybe that's why that rule has changed. Um, I, did, I haven't followed that story up. Uh, obviously, I haven't followed a lot of Liga. Uh, well, this again, year. Looking on the Reddit thing, this is what I saw on the Reddit. And then... Uh, Apparently, the Department of Player Safety for the NHL has also raised the minimum punishment for headshots to a $2,000 fine. Um, Clearly which, the same. Yeah, which I mean, makes you, sense. I mean, this is <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to I'm just trying to get I'm trying to get away from the snafu I just worked myself into. Um, well, I I, I, it. Yeah, I, I think the one thing the NHL has done right is doing video review of these. And there was actually one overturned the other day. Uh, it was a game misconduct penalty yeah. uh, in one of the Kings games where they sent the guy out, but they did a video review and he ended up getting, a, I think, a two minute interference or something, because obviously he clearly was not aiming for the guy's head. It's just incidental collision. Sometimes that happens. So I'm glad they're trying to review it. But obviously, if someone's out there headhunting, having yeah. video review and talking about it afterwards. It's the same way the NHL handles it. Um, five games is a little heavy-handed, depending on the situation. But if it was obvious that you're trying to, I don't know, board a guy in headhunt, then yeah. I mean, I, I think that you could suspend them for the whole season, depending on how bad it is, right? I mean, uh, I think that suspensions fluctuate with what's going on at the time of the hit. I don't need every head-to-head. Like, if a head-to-head hit happens, it's incidental. That guy doesn't necessarily need to catch a game. And I think that's what the video review is there for. Uh, if Liga's doing a five-game, I think it might be... I mean, that's not a bad way to go. Um, 
you're just making a, a penalty general across the board if you do this and it's found to be non-incidental then you're getting five games um, okay and to continue moving myself away from <laughs> I'm just we're just gonna we're, we're gonna chalk that one up to just a mistake uh i saw also because i'm this the uh hang on can you hear me yes you're fine okay yeah I don't, it went off in my head so i didn't know if uh you could still hear me um the Islanders are retiring the numbers of John Tonelli and Robert Goring in February. Uh, that I know they were part of the uh, fourth, they were part of that Stanley Cup legacy, um, which is really cool. That is that is really cool. I always love seeing uh, retirement ceremonies because it's just fun to watch. And obviously, these two players were a big part of that a uh, big part of that dynasty. And this is a hockey history podcast, even though we haven't been doing much of the history part. Um, so I think it's a really cool move by them. I think I've talked about this on the um, the podcast before with the Islanders beating the Edmonton Oilers, kind of led by, obviously, Wayne Gretzky and how he talked about walking through their locker room, past their yes. locker room after losing, and no one's celebrating. They're just all icing themselves down <laughs> yes. and acting professional because they had won four. So it wasn't a big deal to them. Um I mean, I think that's awesome. I, it's, it's to me, it's surprising it took that long. Obviously, those aren't to me. They're not yeah, they're huge not legend like, games. Yeah, no, they're not. But again, I mean, I've I've watched the. I mean, obviously, I've watched the. Uh, I think there was that documentary, that uh, big shot documentary, the thirty for thirty, where that guy tried to buy the Islanders with actually no money, um, and they were going through, <laughs> uh, they were going through their dynasty run and. Uh, yeah, I mean, these two, I, I've seen them in that documentary. They were a big part of this. Uh, I think Tonelli spent eight seasons with the Islanders, um, and Goring spent six seasons with them, which is really yeah, cool. I mean, the big part is that, you know, four Stanley Cup championships, right? Yes. That's nothing so, That's nothing to sneeze at, man. <laughs> if, to me, if you make that big of an impact, it's just a fucking jersey number. If you want to retire, retire. You can go up to 100, so <laughs> I think it's probably oh, a good move for the Islanders. Yes. Okay. Especially because uh, I will say this about the Islanders. Their attendance had been down with the whole, uh, with the situation in their stadiums. They're one of, they're with the, they're up actually out there with the Devils right now as far as least attended games, and it's a really good team. So maybe yeah, this nobody is wants way- to go to the friggin' Barclays Center and have to crane their neck to see a damn hockey game. It's not meant to be an NHL stadium. <laughs> yes, so that's part of this, I believe. So if you're looking at it from that standpoint, this makes a lot of sense because you got to gotta find a way right so this is yeah. a good you're know, retiring two big things remind everyone of the past you're you're trying to set up something big here so uh and they should be really good and i think attendance will pick up as we get closer to the playoffs but oh, yeah sure I, I, I think that's part of the reasoning um it's generally this stuff is announced a year ahead of time and that's why i kind of point to maybe team attendance <laughs> fan attendance yeah. um like when elias's jersey was retired it was announced like a year ahead of time of when they were going to do it same thing that's with Rodier. One thing that's the one thing that bugs me about NHL 20 is the fact that when you play the Islanders or play as the Islanders, you have to play in the friggin' Barclays Center, which I just <laughs> I I hate it. I, like I'm not a fan of it as a stadium. Like it's I don't know. It's a mess. I'm gonna stop improving and I'm gonna go back to our notes here. I mean, I uh, would I would say most Islanders fans would probably agree with you there. One because it's not on the island. The whole thing no, was that it's they not. were not a, they were not a New York City team. They were no, an island they're team. Long Island. <laughs> um 
And then the other, you know, the other side of that is they did put them in the Barclays Center, which is clearly not set up for hockey, as everyone in the entire world is bitched about over the years. Yeah, so. you don't hear Wu Tang Clan rapping about how they come from New York City. They come from Staten Island, <laughs> <laughs> so. which, granted, is a part of the New York City metropolitan area, but they don't go around saying we're from New York City. We're from Staten Island. It's a thing. All right, again, I'm gonna stop improving because uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, that whole that whole Richards thing just bugs me. <laughs> All right. That's okay, dude. We've moved past it. I think yes. I think the fans uh, will forgive us for Brad yes, Richards. I thank like, you all. I, a I bunch of players you. that no one at this point cares about in the NHL. No. It's, it's fine. It's we'll just move past. Okay. <laughs> yeah, moving past it. Uh, Svechnikov of the Carolina Hurricanes seems to think he's out there playing lacrosse and not hockey. He scored a second lacrosse-style goal. And I got to tell you, that shit was dirty. I loved it. I love I, seeing shit like that. It's awesome. I wonder if that's going to make Matthews try to do it again. Because, like, Matthews started to go for it after he saw this. And then he had a wide open, he had someone wide open in front of that and just passed it off. So I kind of want to see what other people start trying to do this. Um, they ended up, they, I mean, they beat the Winnipeg Jets 6-3. to three. I know a lot of Winnipeg fans were really upset because they thought there was a tripping call behind the net there. And that's why you're seeing a lot of people. There's a lot of outrage over this one as opposed to the first one. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, obviously it didn't matter. They, they won six, three. I think Morazic made 30 saves. Um, and they're three Oh and one during a five game road trip that I think ends this. I want to say it ends this Thursday. Um, uh, so yes. Yes, it does. So they're looking better. Uh, once again, fucking Metro. Fucking Metro's unstoppable this season. Man. I don't know. I don't know if it's something in the water or if it's just we just got all the right people. But this Metro League is the best. It's pretty ridiculous. It's gonna yeah. suck really bad if no one from the Metro wins the Stanley Cup. Can you fucking? Can you imagine that? Like as good as they're playing, and some fucking team from the Western Conference wins. That's probably bullshit. what's gonna happen. Like the Blues win again. They just repeat. They're like, yeah, we're a team built for the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, but I can't. I can't be mad at that. I I got a lot of love in my heart for the St. Louis Blues. Um, I still see those uh that video of the dog, their uh their team dog going around on the ice, and it's like the most adorable thing ever. So I, I got nothing bad to say about the St. Louis Blues. They've earned this. They've earned where they are. So yeah, I think the the big stopgap from the West to me still is going to be Calgary and probably the blues once again. Uh, but I don't see like, Calgary being that much, that much of a threat. They don't, they're just, they don't look the same as they did last year. I don't know uh, if it's just, they're not playing right or they're, I, I don't, I just, I don't know. I, I think, I think they're a team that's gotten better over the past month, in my opinion. And the same with like, I, I think the big three to me, as far as like threats from the West are probably Calgary um, obviously the avalanche and, uh, like, I, like I was just saying, you know, a fucking spaced on the name Vegas. Um, no, <laughs> the blues, the St. Louis blues. <laughs> we'll we'll anyway. see what Vegas looks like when they get their actual goaltender back. Yeah. I mean, they've been a weird team. They've gone, like they've slid down the list and come back up the list. I mean, they're just, they're all over the place this season, but I, again, I see them making the playoffs. They haven't not made the playoffs since they existed. Um, I see Dallas. Dallas would be more of a threat too. Dallas is looking great too. 
Dallas is the team that I honestly, and, and maybe that is a falling spot for Paul Mary, because I thought that might be the rental team for Taylor Hall. I think when we talked about that previously, yeah, is like if they just had that one additional piece, they could be a real threat. Uh, God, can you imagine Taylor Hall and Joe Pavelski playing together? That'd be dope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the big thing is Jamie Benton's not scoring at the same clip as he has in previous years. Um, so bringing in one score, maybe like Paul Mary with Sagan, that could be pretty sick. Yeah, that'd be a sick uh, just, lineup too. It's just what what is Shiro going to ask? Um, there's some. Of, I mean, some of the teams in the West, I think they just need one more piece. That's, that's the big thing. I, to me, the East this year is clearly the more dominant. Of the yeah. I mean, just point-wise, looking at the points in, like, the West, St. Louis is in first place with 48 points, compared to the East, where Washington is, again, reigning supreme with 53 points. Yeah. So, I, just, they're playing harder. In the yeah, East. I mean, I think, let's let's just go ahead and we'll just go into the standings and give everyone a view, I guess, All right. across the divisions. Alright, let's go down this. So, in the Atlantic Division, first place is Boston with 49 points, which, nothing to sneeze at. Boston's been great this season. Uh, like, <laughs> they've just been, it's been all carried on the backs of old Pasta. Pasta and Marchand, <laughs> who just goons his way into into glory. That's gonna uh, be the name of his, the... That will be the name of his biography, Gooning My Way Into Glory by Brad so the Marchand. One... <laughs> the one thing I will say about uh, Boston is their goal differential is the best in the league. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. I think they're a plus 28. Yeah. So it's some bad luck here and there. I think they've what lost. Uh, they've lost four overtime games. Yeah. So some of those were shootouts. It's, it's, but I mean, uh, points. Points are points. Points are points. But uh, they're a damn good-looking team, and and uh, we'll see if that goal differential holds up. I guess. <laughs> Crazy if it did. Uh, Buffalo is still holding on to that second-place spot with 39, uh, 39 points and a goal differential plus two. Um, Jack Eichel has really, uh, he's really showed what he's made of this season. I like I like watching Buffalo. Um, they're a good team. They've had they've had some tough spots this season, um, tough losses. They've slid down a little bit, but they've. Uh, they managed to pull it together, and they're back in second where they belong. Uh, I don't think Montreal, who is in third, by the way, I don't think Montreal has the capability to stay where they are. I just, I don't, I don't see the consistency with them this season. Um, whether that's their defense looks terrible, um, I just, well, I don't, I don't see it lasting. Carey Price had a little bit of a shaky, let's call it a shaky November. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he seems like he's been better this month, so that helps him. If they can get solid goaltending, um, that's going to go a long way. And you know, Carey Price, if when he really turns it on, he's pretty much he's to me, Price, if not obviously. the best. Yeah, if he's not the best goaltender in the league, he's in for that. You can always have him in the top five to ten conversation, depending on how he's playing. And uh, I, the big thing is like Shea Weber has to play. <laughs> for this team because I don't think the defense is that good um, outside of Shea Weber. So I don't know. That That's a weird one because I let's go through the rest of the standings and we can point out how it's weird <laughs> that yeah. Montreal's there. I yeah. Guess. All right. We'll move over because I'm looking at that NHL thing and it has it just set up like this. So in the Met, obviously, we'll, we'll do you want to go? Through. Let's go. 
Yeah, we'll division? just go through the rest of the Atlantic. Yeah, because right now Montreal is actually tied with Toronto is 38 and 38. Tampa's behind them by one point at 37. Florida behind yeah. them at 37. I actually think Florida is a damn good team this year. Florida's um, a fucking great team this year. So hopefully they start picking things up. Uh, Tampa's look like a trash fire to me every time I've watched them play. I don't know if yeah, their fans feel that way. They're just going to they trash fire their way into the freaking wild card spot. I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, Vasilevsky is such a good goaltender. You have to think that he's going to pick it up. And yeah, and Victor Hedman. They're not the same champ they were last year, though. Yeah, and Hedman had some injuries early in the season. If he can get back to his true form as being, to me, the best defender in the league, <laughs> you know how much I love Victor Hedman. Yes, I do. Um, I think that team could scale up pretty quick. But I, I love what Florida's done out there. It's. Uh, yeah, and then you gets, don't care about, and they just keep, they're just there. Yeah, and, and they're, what, they're, they they won their last game, so we'll see what happens going forward. Ottawa is... 31 points. 31 points. So They're a team that sucks against every team except the good ones. Like, they beat every good team they play, and it's the weirdest freaking thing. It I is it really so weird. They're negative 19, but they have 31 points. Uh, the gold differential. It's, and then we get into the uh, the bottom barrel league here. Detroit. The Detroit Red Wings. Hey, it's a rebuild, okay? Just give them a chance. It's a rebuild. <laughs> I don't I think... Mean, I, I can't say anything. I think the Devils have one more win than them, and the Red Wings have played more games. Yeah. But the, the scary thing is the, <laughs> the gold differential is negative 62. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, That's um, ridiculous. And the Devils is negative thirty eight. So once we get in the metro, I mean they're not getting any love either, but no. this is uh by far maybe the worst Detroit team that's ever played. Yeah, I would I, say I so. think it would be very, very hard to find a, a worse <laughs> Detroit I'm, team. Which sucks. Yeah, this... I am Detroit's one of those teams, like I said in the past, is roommate's favorite team. I've cheered through them through some very good and or bad times. Um, and one thing they did was uh, they they put Eric uh, Cormier on waivers, which was a goaltender. We continuously hear about Dylan Larkin stuff. They're losing. It's like every other day a teammate comes out and says, like, oh, this time we're really going to play harder. And it's like, I just don't think you guys... It's just, I just don't think that's what you said last week, and then you lost. (laughs) How much better can you play? It's just, you're not good this season. It happens. Yeah, it sucks. I think that Mantha might have traded it. I think Mantha and uh, probably maybe Anthony CU may end up getting put on the trading block, and I could also see Yeiserman taking on some cap, some bad cap hits for draft picks to just try to rebuild the team itself. Um, Yeah. I would say that Yeiserman did a great job when he was in Tampa. So if you got someone steering the ship on a rebuild, maybe not the worst person to do it. I am surprised that Jeff Blaschel hasn't been fired. Um, I know that's the I'm big sure thing in Detroit is they're like, even that we know the team is not great and Howard has hurt their top goaltender, but negative 62 is and a gold differential and what are their total points 21 
21 points, which I mean, God, you've, you've, you're nine and 24. Like you have less <laughs> points than the amount of games you've actually played. Like, yeah, it's, that's, it's that's rough. hard, man. Like it's hard <laughs> it's to be just... that terrible. Yeah. It's rough all around and that's... heads up to everyone who's out there listening. The devils are losing one zero day. So who are they playing? Anaheim. Anaheim. Oh, <laughs> fucking Anaheim, man. Like a team I thought was going to be great and then just fizzled. But we'll get to them in a second. We need to get through the match. All right, so we already said Washington was first in the med, which, is, I mean, they're unstoppable this season. I don't think they're going to be stopped. That's just how good they are playing. Uh, Islanders are right behind them, 46 points, which that's that's a hell of a space. But, uh, I mean, that's it gives other teams hope to maybe get into second because you're, just, you're not going to catch Washington at this point. It's for, unless they go into this terrible slide or Ovet, the Russian machine finally breaks. Uh, you're just not going to catch them. Yeah, exactly. What are you talking about? (laughs) Carolina is in third place with 44 points, and 44 is also where Pittsburgh stands, which I fucking hate Pittsburgh so much. (laughs) As a Flyers fan, I think that just is just born into you. I fucking hate them, man. (laughs) I don't know. I just, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, the worst part about the past them. the big thing about Pittsburgh is they're going to get better because no. Crosby's coming back. No, I don't want that to happen. There can't be two Pennsylvania teams in the playoffs, all right? One of us needs to go, and it's not going to be the Flyers. Uh, yes, and then the Flyers, of course, in that fifth uh, fifth place spot, they're holding on to the number two on the wild card. So, I mean, and they're they're pretty far off from any competition. So it's it's okay. I'm not I'm not as worried. Hopefully, the Flyers can right the ship. Um, like I said, this is just a huge thing that happened to them, and they're just trying to rally from it. But we'll we've already been over that. We're not going to stick around on it. The Rangers are in sixth place with 36 points. So whoop de fucking do for them. Seems like uh, <laughs> seems like a team that's gonna not do anything again. Um, I mean, they're trying. They're only negative one in uh, the goal differential. Uh, Columbus is, I guess, a one and done team because they're seventh in the Met at. Well, I mean, they're 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 at a five hundred. They're fourteen wins and fourteen losses, but they're negative fourteen in the goal differential with thirty four points. Um, yeah, so they're not. They had... They had some early season injuries too that hurt yeah. them. I think they might get better. The problem is that everyone else in the Metro is so damn good that yeah, their only the hope is to catch the wild card, which one of those spots is going to be locked up by someone in the Metro. Yeah. So preferably it's... Philadelphia. Pittsburgh can Pittsburgh can honestly go below. They, Pittsburgh can take the number eight spot. If you guys can just start winning some games and Pittsburgh can start losing, they can they can take number eight. I'll take Columbus in the wild card. Okay. And, of course, bringing up the rear is the New Jersey Devils, who are sitting at 10 wins and 17 losses uh, with 25 points and a goal differential of negative 38. So, yeah, not the Devils' best season. Yeah, pretty bad. Obviously, Snyder not being Snyder from the end of last year in the preseason doesn't help. He got sent down to the AHL. Um not much more to say. I mean, we've talked. I've talked about the Devils to death on this podcast. They're just not the team that I expected them to be. I mean, I think with the talent they had, um, everyone with had the moves that they attack. had, with the moves that they made before the season, I thought they were going to be lights out. I thought they were going to be a, a real threat. 
but yeah, but they are. the goaltending's still bad in the defense. And to me, you know, A. Green's one year older. They don't have that great number one defensive player that we thought maybe Subban could step back and be. And uh, he's been not great. That's probably the best way to put it this season. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Simmons also one that didn't really hasn't really paid off. Uh, the Taylor Hall contract looming after they dropped so many games at the beginning of the season. Uh, Jack Hughes not necessarily. I don't want to say that he's been bad. Uh, that's it's it's unfortunate. He's just in a bad situation on kind of a bad team that's just getting outscored, and the teams are going to play more defensively. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. I think the Devils should have actually let Jack Hughes go back to the juniors to play in the international games because yeah. I I just don't see. Though my worry is he's going to end up getting hurt <laughs> or something playing on this team that's not very good. Um. Yeah, and that is the Eastern Conference. We'll move along to the Western Conference. Uh, number one in the Western Conference is the Phil Kessel Coyotes. I refuse to call them the Arizona Coyotes. They're the Phil Kessel Coyotes now. Um, who now Taylor Hall has found a home with. They are at 20 wins, 12 losses, 44 points, which is pretty damn good for a team that was not that great last season. Um, so good, good on them for finding a way to do it. I, I, I know it's not all Phil Kessel, but again, I am deluding myself to believe that it is all Phil Kessel. He, <laughs> like he just less of Phil Kessel than <laughs> you're putting out there. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> nope. I refuse. I refuse to. I will not. I will not stand here and let you tell me that Phil Kessel is not the reason the Arizona Coyotes are great. He's got seven goals, 12 assists. He is negative 18 plus minus. Um, I will say if you put him on a line with Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall will get him the puck. And yes. that seven goals could turn into 30 goals pretty quickly. And in so turn, Phil Kessel will buy Taylor Hall a hot dog after the game. <laughs> <laughs> hot dogs for goals. Yes. Number two is the Vegas Golden Knights, my second favorite team in the NHL. Um, like I said, weird season. They've been up and down. Uh, you know, Flurry's been looking great. There was a great freaking shot of him. Uh, I think it was a pregame where they had like the flowers all around him as he was doing his stretches. It looks sick. That was a great photo. Um, number three, Edmonton, which we we've discussed. Edmonton is uh, God fucking Edmonton. <laughs> what do you say? I mean, it's they've got probably the greatest player in the NHL with them. Um, Leon Drysidel's no small threat either the guy's phenomenal with puck handling and scoring um i think I they're them, yeah i see I, them sticking around i see them sticking around and i also think that they're like one trade away from a really you know a, like to a dynasty your, yeah <laughs> yeah if, if someone like that can step in who is a good it should not be your top goal scorer devils looking at you but <laughs> a great second or third threat or threat like kyle palmieri could be um, that team could get really good really quick, but right now, if if Drysidel and and McDavid get shut down for whatever reason, they it seems like the team falls off the rails. And you could say the same about Toronto as well, but uh, yeah, just Edmonton actually seems like they could be a threat um, because I don't think their defense is terrible, no. um, and they've gotten some decent goaltending. So it's just right now they're having a, a hard time scoring. And if you don't believe me, they're negative two goal diff. So. Yeah. There you go. 
Yeah, fourth place we got Calgary, which again they're just having a weird season. I just don't—they're not the same team that they were last year, and I don't know. Maybe they'll pick it up. I don't—who knows? Uh, Vancouver is in five, is in the fifth spot. Uh, Sixteen wins, fifteen losses, thirty-six points. They're plus three in goal differential. So I mean, they got that going for them. I think uh, I think it's a team to watch for sure, uh, because we're getting into that second half of the season where just everything goes crazy and you never know what's going to happen. Look at the St. Louis blues from last year. Um, six, you got San Jose, which I think losing Pavelski. Um, I think that may, I don't know. I think it just upset the balance with them. Cause they're, they're not the team they were last year. You know, they're sitting at negative 27 in a goal differential, 16 and 18 with two overtime. Uh, Losses at 34 points, which I mean, that's you're 10 points out of the of the lead. It's just it's I don't I don't know. I don't see them picking it up unless they you know they get someone, they get a good trade. Uh, um, I don't know. And then bringing up the rear, you got L.A. and Anaheim, which again, Anaheim, I had hope for you this season, but like so many seasons before, you have just settled into obscurity, which is fair. And then moving to the Central, <laughs> moving on, because I have nothing else to say about the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, moving to the Central, you got St. Louis in first place, which, I mean, no Stanley Cup hangover for these guys. They're they're freaking, they're going for a dynasty here, which is cool. I'd love to see a dynasty in this day and age in hockey. That would be so awesome. Uh, Colorado. Mean, I mean, it's, it's not been that long ago since we had the Kings in Chicago with back-to-backs, though. I mean... Yeah, but this is this is a team that literally came from being garbage to just gold, and then staying gold. They're literally staying gold, Pony Boy. I, I hope the rails fall off this team, and Colorado ends up in the finals. I'm going ahead saying. That. I, I'd like to see Colorado in the playoffs anyway, because I think Colorado is a great team. I think they've earned the spot that they're in. They're playing hard. They're playing their balls off, which is great. Uh, Winnipeg, which is a team I hate almost as much as the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, in third place with 42 points, but I'm not going to say anything. It's weird. Cause... It's 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 just weird that you hate Winnipeg, and the only reason you hate them is that they moved from Atlanta to Winnipeg. Yeah, it's not that you not hate fucking Winnipeg. Else about that, that. that could be Atlanta. That could have been Atlanta. Well, they Atlanta were Winnipeg first before they were Atlanta. Yeah, but then they were the <laughs> Arizona Coyotes. So I mean, really, they're not anything. They're just a fucking team that they're just a team that scoops up. They're like a god. They're like a vulture team. Any team that's just garbage, they become Winnipeg after Winnipeg gets shitty and they get sold. So no, <laughs> fuck Winnipeg. I can't stand them. But Dustin Bufflin, I love you seriously. I, I, I will say Winnipeg is surprising because they've had to overcome an entire lot this year, especially with Bufflin not being there. And yeah. they have played over their heads. Um, I'm probably going to mispronounce his name. Is it Poink? 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 P-O-I-N-K? can't pronounce his name um, Point. he's been doing he's been doing really really great uh this season trying to fill in some of that defensive hole that bufflin left with uh when he went to go go fishing or whatever the hell he's doing currently leave him alone he's he's reminiscing about the times when he was an atlanta thrasher i doubt that he's reminiscing about that <laughs> at all yeah uh, fourth place like i was uh fourth place like i was saying dallas which is a team to watch um, team that's you know just been there. It's been 
playing pretty consistent hockey. They're at 42 points. So they're deadlocked with Winnipeg. So hopefully they can knock those fucking ass clowns out of the uh, third place spot. Um, Nashville's in fifth place, which again, weird team. I don't see them being as good as they have been in seasons past, uh, mainly because they got rid of, they got rid of some good players. Uh, you know, remains to be seen when Minnesota is sixth place, which is not terrible. I mean, they're tied with Nashville. So, I mean, Minnesota's climbed from the bottom to be where they are. I hope they keep going. I know you, you have a, you have a love for Minnesota. Um, and then bringing up the rear again is Chicago. Yeah, I mean, my love for Minnesota is specifically Zach Crazy. I love him. Yeah. I would love to see him. Um, and then unfortunately leaving. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's one of my favorite players in the league in general. I think he's a big part of my fandom with New Jersey. Specifically. No, he's a legacy player. I mean, his dad was yeah. a great player, too. And I like the reasons that he did choose to leave the Devils to go back home, be closer to his family, specifically his dad. Um, yeah, I like that Minnesota team. I think they've looked good at they times. They have some kick-ass jerseys, too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, the Minnesota Classic jersey, um, with just Minnesota written across the front of it, is my favorite. I actually own yes. <laughs> that jersey. Um, I think that looks great. With Contrary that, to the national jersey, which is just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a retro team. You didn't exist. You haven't existed long enough to be retro. Well, I mean, you could say the same thing about Minnesota too. I mean, they did sell the team to Dallas and then get a new team. Right? Yeah. It's semantics. That'd, be, that'd be like Vegas having a retro jersey. Like, no, you, you're not a retro team. <laughs> I don't know. I could see Vegas having a dope ass retro looking jersey, man. That'd be sick. <laughs> I think you'd be less upset about it if the jersey itself didn't look like hot fucking garbage. Yeah, they, I mean, and, the big problem is the jersey they, looks stupid. It looks like a Huddle House sign. Or, or, if they just call it, or if they just called it, like, their alternate jersey instead of a, a retro jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a throwback style jersey, not an actual throwback, because we didn't exist long enough for it to be a throwback. I mean, one of the worst jerseys I've seen this year um, outside of the Bruins with the just giant B on it, which I think yes, looks like garbage. B. Yeah. <laughs> is the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks white and black jersey. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, no, not, not your classic, it. Your, your classic team, stop fucking with your jersey. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> At least the Devils don't do that. <laughs> Give us credit on that. I we wish have the had Devils... the same boring logo for 80, or 80 I don't years. Care. Or I wish they'd bring back those old white, red, and green jerseys. Those things were fucking sick looking. So they they wear those like two or three times a year. So they yeah, but they need to make that their main jersey. Just bring the red and green back the Christmas Christmas colors. The problem is the red, green, and white ones (laughs) look terrible. (laughs) (laughs) We just only can wear away jerseys all the time. You know what? It'll make it work. Maybe they'll be good. Who knows? But now I'm thinking about a Vegas freaking retro style jersey, and that shit just sounds sick. Because you know they do like a classic Vegas looking jersey. That just sounds dope. We need to make that happen. Somebody, anybody who listens to the show, send me it. I, I just want to see. <laughs> the name plates light up and shit on the back. Oh yeah, <laughs> like got, neon lights. They got a little. Uh, they got like a little Bellagio fountain in their helmet that shoots up water. That'd be dope. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that. Let's yeah. just do that. Let's Please, that somebody, somebody out there listening to this, make it happen. And that's all we got for standings. So that's uh. 
you know, it's it's a weird year. Uh, the teams you think would be good are not doing good, and the teams you didn't think were going to be good are actually doing good. Yeah. So well, that's hockey for you. <laughs> I mean, some of the teams, like, obviously we thought the Bruins were going to be good. I think yeah, we, they are. Capitals. I, I thought Vancouver was going to be better at the beginning of the year. They seem like they've calmed down a little bit. Um, I still think that's going to be a really good team in the future. Elias Peterson is still something to build around, and Quinn Hughes has been great. Uh, Kel McCarr is a complete fucking monster out in Colorado. Hopefully he gets healthy soon. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. I think I did have the Black Blackhawks in the playoffs, um, and they're a weird one because they just look good at times, and then they're like complete garbage. So it's like if, if the thing if is, they're not, not playing too far out of, out of the realm. Yeah, they're not too far out of the realm. They're only 10 points behind uh, Winnipeg and Dallas, which is, it's, I mean, Christ, if they turn around midseason, yeah, they can definitely make the uh, at least wild card spot. So it just remains to be seen what Chicago wants to do. Uh, I did see uh, Duncan Keith is returning for them to play the Avalanche tonight, so that'll be cool. I like Duncan Keith as a player. Yeah, he's he's like one of those defensemen that's like hard to hate. You're just like, oh, yeah, he's there. He's just a nice guy. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Bla- the Blackhawks, uh, they're weird. I think that they could heat up. They've obviously had some goaltending problems here and there. Um, and when Kane gets going, they've Kane played really going. well. <laughs> so let's see if he turns on the rocket boots, the rocket skates, as I like to call it. Cue the Deftones yes. song. Um, turn the rocket skates on and they could make the playoffs, but I feel like Dallas is getting better in Winnipeg. I don't see them falling off, so it's going to be a uphill battle for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I got, bud. Do you have anything else to add? No, I think that's it for the standings. You just want to go real quick through the top five and stats? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, like, just, you, all, that, wanna, all that guard. Yeah, yeah let, me, uh, let me pull that up real quick. Hang on. All right, NHL league leaders. There we are. Yes, I am a professional. I always have my notes ready to go, um, clearly. All right, so obviously <laughs> the guy who owns the number one spot is the person you think would own the number one spot. It's Connor McDavid with his his weird face that just reminds me. He looks like my little brother if my little brother wasn't a ginger. It's the weirdest thing. I just look at him. <laughs> He's like well, a at least he doesn't look like at least he doesn't look yeah. like Austin Matthews. It could be worse. Yeah, man, that, the mustache has got to go, bud. Leon Draisaitl's right behind him. Yeah, Leon Draisaitl's right behind him, as expected. Those two are a fucking tandem. Nathan McKinnon for the uh, she has Chicago for Colorado is uh, behind him. I think if uh, Nate McKinnon played for Chicago, Chicago would be a better team. Um. Marchand has gooned his way into the number four spot with 51 points as well. Uh, Jack Eichel is number five with 50. Roll Pasta is behind him with 49 points. And you got John Carlson, or Temi Panarin. Jonathan Huberdeau, which is a fun word to say. And then Patrick King. So that's your top ten right yeah. there. Yeah, and it, I mean, the, the big thing you see here is if one of these players go down in the top four. <laughs> yeah. Your team is fucked. <laughs> or top, or top, tops. I would say top. Uh, Connor McDavid, Leon. One of them goes down. Bad time for that team. Yeah. Uh, Brad Marchand, over. David Pasternak. One of them go down. There's a real Henry <laughs> gets over team. moment. <laughs> you're and done. if you're a Chicago fan who rounds out the top, Patrick Kane at 40, 
point. Uh, if he goes down, uh, rest in peace, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not coming back from that. Uh, going to goals, Pasternak, of course, leads the league in goals because he's fucking unstoppable this season. He's got 28. Jack Eichel has 24. Ovechkin's clawing his way up with 21 points, and he got Dreisaitl and Matthews with 21 as well. Uh, Sebastian, I'm not a Chevy Tahoe. Aho is 20 points. Nate McKinnon, again, 20 points. Artemi Panarin, Connor McDavid, and Anthony Duclair. Uh Artemi Panarin and McDavid both have 20, and Duclair has 19. And then if you want, we'll move to assists, because this is all very, very interesting stuff. I love assists. (laughs) Connor McDavid (laughs) has 39 assists. Dreisaitl has 36. So pretty much these two just own the fucking league right now. They're just passing to each other. (laughs) Yeah, you might as well just give them the keys to the NHL main office, because they own own the show. (laughs) John Carlson has 33, Brad Marchand has 33, Nate McKinnon has 31, Jonathan Huberdo, which, again, very fun word to say, has 30, Tavo Teravainen has 27, Alexander Barkov has 26, Eichel has 26, and Keith Yandel has 25. And I know he's a big part of that Florida Panthers team, so I just want to give him a shout out. Because I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I've listened to his interviews on a... I don't like to reference spit and chicklets, but I do listen to them. So, I mean, he's he's funny dude. Real funny guy. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that for me. Yeah, and I guess we'll, we'll hit goalies real quick. This yeah, do you want to do the goalies? Because I don't <laughs> – I really – I don't get the whole goals against and the save percentage. I'm just – I'm not good with math like that. Well, we'll just do uh, – yeah, we'll do it really quickly and, and just kind of give top five uh, – <laughs> The year GGA average of 1.85 is Tristan Jari, Darcy Kumper, er, Kemper, uh, number uh, number two on this list with 1.97. Fat ass Ben Bishop is uh, 207. You got Pavel, uh, France, Francus, Francus, Francus. That's right. I always pronounce this shit wrong. 2.36, and Halak 2.26. Um, I would How say good is that freaking backup goalie, man? Your backup <laughs> yeah. goalie is ahead of your freaking main goalie. That's nuts. Yeah, Rask and Halak are both on this list. Um, I guess the 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 big surprise here is how well Ben Bishop has played after. I mean, he was decent last year. I think a lot of people expected him to fall off once he got traded from uh, from Tampa, and he really hasn't. He's uh, been playing very well. Wow, man, he's so. been great. Every game I've seen, he's just good. Uh, he's got a 9.33. Speaking of Ben Bishop, you got Darcy Camper at 9.35 and interest in Jari at, at 0. 0.940. And you can kind of see why the Penguins are slowly clawing their way back up through the Metro. I um, hate the Penguins. <laughs> once they Stop get being alive. so good. <laughs> it's a 0.928 and uh, Frank Hughes is a 0.932. So you're kind of seeing that. And as far as shutouts go, once again, Jari, uh, with Penguins, he's got a 3. You get Pecorine with three out for the Predators. Halak with two for the Bruins. Reimer <laughs> with two. Didn't expect to see his name anywhere on the goaltending list. He's got two shutouts. Um, and I, I do not know this how to pronounce this goaltender's name. Jonas Corpasalo? Corpasalo. Jonas Corpasalo. He's their backup goaltender, right? I want to uh, say Columbus. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so he's their backup goaltender. Obviously did some good work this year, but 
Yeah, you're the backup, man. I'm telling you. And uh, real quick, I guess we'll go through the the rookies. Uh, Defenseman's a little harder to break down unless you just want to strictly talk about points. Yeah, which that Uh, that gets that just gets tedious. Because I mean, to me, like defense is weird. Uh, You you can look at just point leaders. If we're just looking at point leaders, you got Carlson at 45 for the Caps. Dougie Hamilton Hamilton second though. 34. Uh, Roman Yossi for the Preds with 30, Keith Yandel with 29, and Shea Weber rounding it out with 28, kind of coming back into form, which is what I was saying. I think if you can get really good production out of him, kind of holding down that back end for Montreal, then they're going to be a better team. He played um, for LA, right? Shea played yep. for the Predators, and then he was traded for P.K. Subban. That was the one-for-one trade. It was kind of okay, a big deal. Okay, so he's never played for the. Who am I thinking that played for the? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dig myself a hole again. <laughs> okay. Uh, points for the rookies. You got Victor Olafson with 32. Kel McCarr with 28, who's currently injured. So there's gonna be some people catching up to him, but he has yeah. been absolutely fucking incredible. Quinn, the the right Hughes. So I like to call him. That's 26. You signed the wrong kid. <laughs> wrong kid died. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Yeah, at 19, and Adam Fox at 17. Uh, leading goals is Olsen, and leading assist is Quinn Hughes with 24. And like I said, he has been great. Kel McCarr has been great. They Those both look like future. I mean, Kel McCarr was getting talks for winning the Norris Trophy before his injury. So we'll see how yeah. he comes back. But uh, Quinn Hughes has looked fucking great this year. I think that, you know, probably Ricky was going to be between those two. Um, just because Olofsson, he started out really strong. Um, I haven't looked at his stats as of late, but I know he took a little dip in November. Maybe he's back up to par. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the t- having two defensemen <laughs> in this uh, Ricky's points lead or in the top five is, is Not, pretty dude. incredible. I love it. I love this season so far. It's been weird. <laughs> it's so Not cool. Just for <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, I think that we'll pick up. The, let's, we were going to do a rivalry today. I think we should probably pick it up. We're starting to run it. Yeah. So we'll pick this up on probably this weekend. We should have another show for you guys. Hell yeah! Uh, the rest of the news of the week right now, just a score updates. The devil is winning. Devils are winning two to one. <laughs> All right. Don't jinx them now. Okay. They need this win. They need to have at least a few more wins for it to qualify as a season. <laughs> yes, uh, that is very true. We have to stay above the wings, yes. um, but below a lot of other teams. Yeah. You and the Red uh, Wings right cannot now. have a contest to see who can suck the worst this year. <laughs> Later tonight at 8.30, we have the Oilers versus the Blues, which I think is probably, to me, probably the game that everyone should be watching tonight. I think that'll be a fun game. Um, yeah. The Avalanche is playing the Blackhawks as well. Avalanche, yeah, that'll be a good game too, especially if uh, Duncan Keith's coming back, because Duncan Keith does make up a pretty good part of that uh, that Chicago back end. Um, so that should be a fun game to watch. Yeah, so they're... Um... Right now it's tied zero to zero with 13 minutes into the first, and like I said, Devils are winning two one. So, Oilers and Blues start at 8:30, and those are kind of the games for tonight. And once again, this is the 12/18 2019 Tuesday podcast edition of Skates to the Roads. Just indeed it is. Um, but yeah, that's all for me, man. Do you want to go ahead and say goodbye to the people? 
Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give a special shout out to my little sister Hannah. She she listens to this podcast. So, uh hello Hannah. I thank you for listening to this. Um yeah, just is she going to is she gonna berate you later? <laughs> She's Probably. like, you don't know the difference between the Richards and Richardsons. You don't know how many different Richards and Richardsons there are. <laughs> should, should yeah, we I'm get sorry. I usually a lot better. <laughs> um, clearly, I just need to. I need to learn the difference between Richards and Richardsons. And <laughs> fuck, fuck, man, fuck the penguins. <laughs> to be fair to you, this is a fan podcast. We are by no means professionals. We yeah, I'm, paid for I'm not. <laughs> this is a this is a shoot the shit off the top of our head and talk about things that we like in hockey. So sometimes mistakes will happen. It doesn't yes. really matter, though. If you made it thus far, it obviously didn't piss you off that bad. Exactly. <laughs> the point is, we're here and we're having fun. So yes, yeah, <laughs> so you can follow me at LaShock Dakota on Twitter. Um, yeah, go ahead and give me a follow. Yell at me. I don't care. I mean... Any publicity is good publicity, so <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> oh, and as always, you can hit me at, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter. Tomorrow, I have Wrestling Geeks Alliance podcast. If you're a wrestling fan, make sure to check it out. We're going to be talking about tables, ladders, and chairs, which happened over the weekend, Monday Night Raw, and probably, oh, yeah, brother. as of tonight, the AEW versus NXT. Um, and then we also have some top uh, 2019 uh, a bunch of top tens, basically male wrestler, female wrestler, best matches, etc. All that stuff is coming your way. Geek Vibes Nation is always top tens coming out with the uh, year in reviews. Um, and we're also doing a year in decade on the Wrestling Geeks Alliance show, which should be a lot of fun. Oh, um, sure. and maybe we should we do, do that, man. Like we should do yeah. a year like decade freaking best hockey games because I got I got some good stuff. Yeah, I think that we can definitely do something like maybe best teams um, oh. summarized into a top 10 list as well as maybe top 10 players. Um, so we'll probably do something like that, too. We'll get our notes together, figure out what we want to do there. And we'll definitely get you this rivalry on the next podcast, which should be out this weekend, barring anything crazy happening oh, um, yeah. or one of us getting sick. But, but uh, yeah, everyone, you can hit me at Chris.rpatton on Facebook and Chris. R. Patton on Twitter. Everyone have a great... Mixed up. No, it's Christopher R. Patton on Facebook and Chris... Oh, I did. Christopher yeah, R. Patton I, on Facebook. I, was like, Chris I don't R. think you can do a dot in your name on Facebook. <laughs> no, you can't. Christopher.r.patton on Facebook. There we go. Got it right. <laughs> Chris R. Patton on the Twitter sphere. Uh, and then, as always, like I said, the Geek Vibes website. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, um, pretty the much local play market. Places. You can find us anywhere. <laughs> Open a door. There we are. <laughs> digging through, your, digging through your neighbor's trash. There we are. Whatever weird thing you like to do, we can probably be a part of it. We love you guys. Um, well, he's cut out, so I will go ahead and give us the uh, the old closer Rooney. You guys have yourself a fantastic couple of days, and we will catch you on the next episode. Take care now. Bye-bye then.